to you, Hampton Roads. Good evening, Tidewater Region, Northeastern North Carolina. Good evening, Internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're listening to us once again, as you do every week on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial here in Hampton Roads and Tidewater. We're here to break down, discuss, and offer insight into the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. Our mission is to help you restore, rebuild, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. And I believe every single one of us, if we would be honest with ourselves, we would raise our hand and say, hey, I could use some help in perfecting and restoring and rebuilding and reshaping even my marriage and my family relationships. And this is a prime time of year to work on relationships, especially in your family, especially with your marriage. The Christmas time, as we often say, let's get into the Christmas season. Uh, me personally, I think it takes too much work to get into the Christmas season. So I try not to never get out of the Christmas season. Uh, try to be loving and, and uh, generous, kind, thoughtful, sensitive all the year round because I believe that's how Jesus would have believers to carry themselves. But it is a prime time to work on relationships. So I just want to give a word to encouragement to someone out there. If there's a family member you've fallen out with, someone you can't get along with, this is a great time. This is a grand opportunity to try and get things right with them. And I want to give you some insight here on those relationships that we hope will help you uh, reach a goal of restoration and reconciling in your relationships. Now, last week I started a series on men's issues after doing about 10 weeks or so on women's issues. And tonight is the second week series on men's issues. That last week I stressed strong enough and stressed it hard enough that there is a difference between men and women. And neither science, society, nor drugs can change the difference. We'll never be able to make men and women the same thing. It's coded in your DNA. It's deeper than we could ever reach down and change. I hope I stressed that strong enough and hard enough last week that I don't have to go over that again. And that may even be counterculture uh, today, but I'm not going over it because I'm afraid to. I'm going not going over it because I believe I stressed it enough. Now, in the women's issues also, I said that my targeted audience was young girls and women ages 11 to 35, and that was for a specific purpose. And now that I'm in the men's series, uh, I want to raise that purpose also. Here in the men's series, I'm targeting boys and men of every age. Boys and men of every age, you're my target. Why? I'm targeting boys and men of every age because I want to speak directly to some. And then I want to say some things that will help some of our men help other boys and other men. And then I also want to say some things that will help reveal to some men what's behind a lot of their issues. So no matter what age group you're in, I plan to speak directly to you in one degree or another, from one perspective or another. I'm going to speak directly to you and speak to you so that you can help yourself and help somebody else. So wherever you are in life, if you're a man, I mean to speak to you. 
Again, I need every man to listen up. And this would be a good time to set your boys around the radio and listen up. But turn the podcast on and grab your sons, grab your brothers, grab your fathers, your uncles, whatever the case may be. And listen up because I believe we're going to give you something that you can chew on. I believe we're going to give you something that's going to stick to uh, your ribs, so to speak. So whatever age group you're in, whatever your station in life. If you're a male, if you're a boy, if you're a man, I'm going to be speaking directly to you. Now, last week also was an introduction, and I kind of shared with you the areas of a boy's thought life and the man's thought life that I will be looking at during this multi-week series on men's issues. And I want to start tonight, but before I get too deep into it, I, I want to take a deeper look at something I shared with you last week. We're going into the men's issues. We're going to get deep in it. But before I get deep into the men's issues, I want to go back over and explore a little deeper uh, something that I shared with you last week. And that was last week I said that you teach a little boy to be a man in certain ways. You don't teach a little boy to be a man by telling him what men do. You teach a little boy to be a man, first of all, by modeling appropriate behavior. That little boy needs someone in his, his life who's going to model appropriate behavior. You teach a little boy to be a man by teaching him to monitor himself. He's got to learn to control himself, to bring his impulses under control, to step outside of himself and look back at himself and self-correct rather than waiting on others to correct him, waiting on the police to correct him, waiting on other authority figures to correct him. He's got to learn to correct himself, self-monitor. And then you teach a little boy to be a man by holding him accountable. And lastly, you teach a little boy to be a man by validating his emotions. And tonight I want to explore that strategy just a little bit more. I'm going to explore just a little bit more. Um, I, and I don't want to forget that in modeling, let me point this out. I'll probably get to it again, but I want to point this out. In modeling, the most important thing that can be modeled for a little boy to grow into the man that he is purposed to be is to have someone in his life to model a relationship with Jesus Christ. He needs someone in his life modeling a relationship with Jesus Christ. All right, so let me get into uh, 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 a little bit of this, uh, how to raise a little boy. Most of men's issues, uh, no surprise to you, you raise your hand with me and agree again. Most of us men, we have issues and our issues are the result of what I call mis-socialization. Mis-socialization. And what I mean by that is a little boy's heart and mind and ultimately his life, they're all deeply impacted and influenced by his social setting. His social setting is comprised of his primary caregivers, uh, the lessons they teach and reinforce to him. His social setting is comprised of those persons in authority that he grows up around, and that includes teachers and sports coaches, Sunday school teachers, pastors, uh, other authority figures. His social setting includes the messages that are consistently broadcast over various media platforms, whether it be music or television or movies or social media. 
A little boy's social setting definitely and seriously impacts and influences how he forms his concept of himself, his place in the world, his concept of what it means to be a man and or what it means to be a woman and how he should treat a woman. And his social setting definitely and seriously impacts and influences his concept of his relationships, whether it be relationships with other males or relationships with females. And really, it impacts his social setting, really impacts how he grows to consider his relationship with women. Now, if the messages he's taught from childhood into adulthood, if the messages he's taught and receives in his social settings are inaccurate or inappropriate, or if those messages or if those close relationships in his social setting fails to provide for his emotional security and growth, the little boy will grow up missocialized. As a result, the little boy will grow into a man who suffers emotional and relational setbacks. In short, improper modeling in a little boy's social setting seals in a little boy's mind and heart inaccurate perspectives on himself, life, and relationships with other men and women. So how do you make sure a little boy socialized right? How do you protect a little boy from missocialization? Again, it's all about modeling appropriate behavior, teaching him to monitor himself, holding him accountable, and validating his emotion. Let's break those down one at a time in the next few minutes we have here. The first thing a little boy needs is a role model, a model, a model, a model. And if I break modeling down Barney style, here's what it means. A little boy learns how to live based on the cues he gets from watching someone else live. The little boy begins to imitate the patterns he sees and hears he's exposed to on a continual basis, especially from uh, authority figures. And then he picks up the same values and it begins to shape his life. That's what modeling is all about. Modeling is about the most important factor in a little boy's growth process. And where modeling is concerned, Nothing is more important for a little boy than to have a father and a mother to model love for God. And he really, really needs that father, a father figure modeling for him. That's the purpose of that father. Now, there's no need to entertain an argument about dismissing the role of a single mother or anything like that. You know what? I praise God for every single mother who's doing what she has to do to raise her sons, her daughters, her children. She's working those jobs. And I went over this when I talked about single mothers in the women's issue series. So I'm not going to go over it again. All I'm saying is don't, don't even uh, 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 submit to me an argument or your deep insight on the meaning of a single mother. I'm not discounting that at all. I'm simply saying to you, you cannot overestimate. You can certainly underestimate, but you cannot overestimate the value of the father in the life of the son. You'd be surprised at how many boys grow into men 
who lack the validation from their fathers and simply wish that they had a father speaking into their lives. If you've never had a father, you don't know what you miss. If you're a woman, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. But take my word for it, it is so. It's important. And one thing that I often tell parents that's important also, that they should be the Jesus that they want their children to know. So model love for God and be the Jesus that you want your child to know. It's important for a little boy to honor his wife, respect the woman. It's important even that that he sees someone have an argument with his wife. And more important, make up and move on in true forgiveness. True forgiveness. Those are important qualities. Those are important values for a little boy to learn. And it's important that he have that model for him. So the people closest to him and those who are in positions of authority in his life need to show him love, how to love, how to be loved, show him compassion, how to have compassion, show him how to live a life of integrity, live a life of honor, live a life of loyalty, live a life of commitment, show him how to be a friend, how to have friends, establish friendships, show him discipline, show him a work ethic. It's important for the little boy to have a father figure, to have uh, authority figures in him in his life, to show him a work ethics, show him a stick to itness, and then some. A little boy needs a man or a number of men in his life to model love for a wife and respect for a woman. So not only is modeling important, but a little boy has to learn to monitor himself. The core of this particular value is self-discipline. Here I go on that discipline again. Think back months when I talked about discipline in children. And as I stated a few months ago, the point of discipline is to lead and guide a child to grow, to monitor himself. The little boy, in order to grow into the man that he's purposed to be, he needs to learn how to monitor himself, how to bring his impulses under control. You can't just fly off on a whim. You can't give in to every feeling that you feel. He's got to learn to put himself in check. This is critically important for a little boy. Because the first person a leader needs to know how to lead is himself. A little boy who grows up used to discipline will grow into a man who is able to motivate himself, to push himself, and to keep himself on the right track and the right pace in life. A little boy who grows up used to discipline will grow into a man who doesn't need to be told to get a job. The need for self-monitoring flows right into the need for accountability. Listen, I, I just want to remind you at a break here that you're listening to Marriage and Family Clinic here at WGPL 1350 on your AM dial here in Hampton Roads in Tidewater Region. You can also find us on the Internet at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Look us up there. Now, if you want to hear this broadcast or any others that we've done in the past, go to iTunes and look us up, The C.D. Hodges' podcast, or you can look at that little purple icon on your uh, smart device, that little podcast app there. Go in there and search The C.D. Hodges' podcast. You'll find us there. All right. We're dealing with the strategy to raise a little boy, and I'm saying to you that he needs a model. He needs to be taught self-control. He needs to learn discipline. Uh, uh, those are all important. And along with those, along with self-monitoring, he needs accountability. 
A little boy needs to learn accountability. That means he has to be taught the right lesson. He has to be taught the right standard. And then he has to be consistently told the expectation. So there is no ambiguity about what he's supposed to be doing and living. And here's the important point of accountability. He must be corrected when he makes a mistake. And there must be consequences for inappropriate behavior. Inappropriate behavior cannot be ignored. If you want your little boy to grow into the man that he's purposed to be, inappropriate behavior cannot be ignored. Disobedience must be met with a negative consequence every single time. That does not mean you have to hit him upside the head and, and go draconium on him. It means that there is a consequence that is measured and administered in the face or in the example or occurrence of inappropriate behavior or disobedience, but it must be every time. When he misses the target he's supposed to hit, then he does something inappropriate. There must be consequences. Let me unpack that just a little bit more. Start him doing chores early. Teach him how to make a bed, for example. Let him know plainly when and how the bed is to be made. And when he doesn't make the bed right or on time, there, there, you go back and correct that. Reteach it and teach it again. And then when he doesn't do it, there's a negative consequence for the lesson that he misses. He's been taught the lesson and he doesn't comply with the lesson. There must be an appropriate consequence. Teach him finances by giving him money at the right age, the right time, the right level of maturity, of course. Teaching him how to budget money and helping him understand how far money it can be stretched. That helps the little boy. Letting him know what he's responsible for with his money. And if he overspends and can't take care of what he's responsible for, don't come to his rescue too soon. If you tell him this $15 must last you the week. That's just an example. Don't go high and right, high and to the right about the example. Uh, but if you tell him this $15, you have to get your lunch, you have to do this and that. And this must last you the week. Now, if he runs out of money on Wednesday, be careful how quickly you come to his rescue. He won't learn the value of money if you keep stepping in, bailing him out. You have to teach him accountability. And right on the heels of accountability comes responsibility. The little boy learns responsibility and he learns accountability by feeling the pain of irresponsibility. Mm. He learns what he can, he can and should control by feeling the pain of losing control over what he's in control of. And go back to that money example. He's in control of that money. But he learns responsibility and he learns accountability by you not hurrying to his rescue, but allowing him to feel the pain of running out of money and can't take care of what he's responsible for. That's a good way to train him. Now, all of this is measured. You're not going to do this the same with a four-year-old that you would do with a 14-year-old. All of this is measured. I don't have time to go into all of that, but I want to give you this strategy, and I hope you catch a hold of what I'm saying here. If you don't, please contact me. You can email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. I'll break it down a little bit more for you. We can discuss it. But the little boy grows into a responsible, accountable man 
because all of his life he's experienced and he no longer likes the pain of irresponsibility. He's missing out on too much. Now, when self-monitoring and discipline and accountability come together and the little boy grows by these, as I said a few moments ago, the little boy grows into a man that you don't have to tell to get a job. You don't have to tell him when it's time to move out of the house. You don't have to tell him to take care of business. He's been groomed since the youngest days of childhood to take care of his personal business. And just imagine how awesome a young man will be when he's led in self-monitoring. He's led in discipline. He's led in accountability. He knows how to take responsibility for his actions. And he knows how to take responsibility for his inactions. He doesn't play the blame game. Isn't that something? He doesn't play the blame game. I see so many young men in the military and even in civilian life who just haven't had the benefit of being led in life in the way that I'm describing to you this evening. When things don't go their way, when things don't work out the way they think they should work out, these men will blame others and blame the system for their shortcomings that they themselves should be able to control. You know, it's one thing for a man to run into a hard time trying to get a job and he just got out of prison. I understand that everyone has a tough time. Tough times come. But it's something else altogether to be a man who gets jobs and won't keep jobs. It's something else altogether to be a man who gets jobs and won't keep them because he's unable to see that he's the problem. He's unable to see that the problem is in him. The problem is not the man. The problem is not the system. The problem is in him because he doesn't know how to take responsibility for himself, doesn't know how to monitor himself. He doesn't know how to help hold himself accountable. He doesn't know how to step outside of himself and look at himself and put himself in check. He's had nobody to model relationship with Jesus Christ. He has no rooting and grounding. He has no foundation such as what I'm describing to you tonight. It's just not there. So he grows into the man. That's 35, still living in his mom and dad's basement. He grows into the man, again, who will get a job but just won't keep it because he believes he ought to be able to say what he wants to and come in whatever time he wants to and leave whatever time he wants to. Listen, the last point I want to talk about tonight is emotional validation. I'm going to have to pick up the pace here just a little bit. I'm running out of time. But the last point I want to talk about is emotional validation. I cannot overstate the fact that ideally... A little boy needs a man close to him in life to serve the purpose of validating his emotions. As a man, I can tell you about men, but and one of a man's biggest challenges in life and one of a man's biggest trouble spots in his life is his struggle with his emotions. And there is no shortage of men who are emotionally immature, emotionally fragile, and emotionally challenged. And I call to your mind the example that I used last week. How many little boys have been taught that men don't cry? Two, three, four-year-old little boys have been taught that men don't cry. A little boy falls down, scrapes his knee, he sees blood. Listen, that's a distressing moment for him. 
You help a boy grow in the right direction by relieving the distress, not adding more stress to it. Why in the world would you tell uh, 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 a boy what a little a man does? Why in the world would a man tell a little boy some of the things we say when our little boys are in distress? We tell them it doesn't hurt. Get up, wipe it off. You ain't dead. You all right, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm talking about. When we respond to their distress, we don't relieve it. We add to their distress. And when this is the pattern growing up, the little boy experiences a stunted emotional growth. The little boy needs a measured response to relieve his distress. And and before you go off on the deep end there, I'm not talking about touchy-feely, hugging and carrying and all kind of goo-goo-ga-ga stuff. I'm not talking about that. When the little boy falls, scrapes his knee, he sees blood. It's not bleeding profusely or anything like that. He scratches, bleeding a little bit. But to the little boy, that's a distressing moment. But if just say something simple like, wow, I know that hurts, but let's take care of it. You know what? You're going to be all right. I guarantee you to a little boy, when his father responds that way to his distress, it's going to relieve his distress because all of his unsafe feelings are going to fly to the wind. And you're going to return to him this feeling of I'm secure now. I'm guaranteeing, I hope you're listening to me. I'm guaranteeing it tonight. I'm guaranteeing it. Now, don't try this for the first time and the little boy is already 11, 12, 13, or 14. You're going to have to try something else. If you need help on that again, email me or give me a call. But if you catch that little boy at the right time in life, way down there when he's two, three, four, and five years old, just help him out, help him out. Reassure him. I know it hurts. It's okay. Everyone hurts but we all get over it and just give him that reassurance. I'm guaranteeing you it's going to be all right. You'd be surprised at how far that reassurance from someone close to him will go and how much it means to him. That calm reassurance teaches the little boy that he's safe and he doesn't need to spaz out. Everything will be okay. And that's what all of our emotional twistedness is all about. We're not sure, even in adulthood, men are still not sure that everything is going to be okay. So you don't teach a boy how to be a man by teaching him what men do and, and don't do. You teach a little boy how to be a man by teaching him the things he should know to master his environment, to master himself, at whatever stage of life he's in. And one of the most important things that little boy can learn is emotional maturity. Some boys grow into men who feel like they need to boss a woman or control the woman. Some boys grow into men who just don't seem to grow up. Some boys grow into men who can't help competing with other men when other men are not competing with them. These and so much more are the signs of emotional immaturity. It just so happens that the little boy needs to learn what men do, especially when the lessons you're teaching the little boy are not true. 
He's not going to learn what he needs to learn if you teach him the wrong lesson. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why I see grown men in public with their pants sagging on their rear ends. For the life of me, I can't understand it. Not little boys, not teenagers, but grown men. They're in the grocery store. They're in the mall. They're in 7-Eleven. They're in Wawa. They're in Walmart. They're, they're everywhere. Grown men with pants sagging below their behinds, walking as if they were a stick stuck in a couple of places, trying to hold their pants up as they walk. For the life of me, I can't understand it. The truth of the matter is, they have obviously missed some crucial milestones in their growth and development. Something is missing. They have obviously developed perspectives on themselves and the world that are based on errors, based on untruths, based on misinformation. They have obviously been missocialized and it's showing up in an unhealthy way in their adulthood. Who can take a grown man seriously when he walks around town with his pants sagging below his behind? Here's what I want us to get out of the deal tonight. If our little boys will grow into respectable, honorable, God-fearing men who are full of other virtues also, then they need appropriate behavior modeled for them. They need to learn to monitor themselves and they must be held accountable. And ultimately, most importantly, they must have their emotions validated. Well, I hope you're listening to me tonight. Listening, You're listening to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. I've tried to present to you tonight some thoughts on how to raise a little boy, some things that will help us. And I hope that I've said something that will help you at no matter what age you are, what stage of life you're in. Even if you're looking at some of your troubled areas in life, some of your problem areas in life, maybe you missed something or missed out on some degree of what I've said here on tonight. Take it and use it. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. Hey, I'm just about out of time here, but you're listening to us in Tidewater and Hampton Roads on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial on the internet. You can also find us at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Listen, I need to hear from you. You've heard me tonight. You've heard me on other nights. Let me know if you agree. Let me know if you disagree. Let me know if you have information that you can add on and help me out. Let me know if you have a question or a point of life you would like for me to deal with. You can email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com or you can Facebook me, Bishop C.D. Hodges. Again, if you want to hear this broadcast or any others, look me up on iTunes, The C.D. Hodges Podcast, or push that little purple icon on your smart device. It's the podcast icon and search the CD Hodges podcast. Thanks for tuning in on tonight. Uh, we're out. Remember, you can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.